Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Horror Movie Breakdown. I am your host, Jawan. Uh, join with me on this finale of our horror show. Uh, Dom, what's going on, Dom? Uh, man, I'm good. Uh, been taking this month. To tr- I wish I was, I could uh, say that I took this month to watch more classic horror movies, but I've been watching newer ones, uh, that I've had to do. So, but it's, they've been good. I've, I've been surprised. Had some great, uh, foreign horror movies, uh, that I watched recently. So it's been a pretty good month. Absolutely, Dom trying his best to seduce us with those those uh those contacts <laughs> that he has, and I, I see you, Dom. It's only slightly working. Um, <laughs> welcoming back, uh, Chris. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. I've uh I've been the opposite of Dom. I've spent the majority of this Halloween season or the month of October only watching classic horror films. I think the only one I would call modern is uh, with the Lighthouse. I rewatched that recently, but yeah, it's been it's been a great month. I'm excited to wrap up the show. In, in the words of uh, God, what is his name uh, from The Crow when he's like Halloween's not till manana? I'm excited. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, oh, Chris, before we, we dive into this episode, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Dom. I believe Dom conducted this interview. He just interviewed Lillian Garcia. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. How did that, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I saw it got posted up. How was, uh, how was the interview? It was really good, man. She's a fantastic person. And, you know, sometimes you never know how real they're going to be with you. And I was like, she's like a glowing rainbow. Like, this is a, she's a great person. Uh, so it was really good. For sure. I wanted to give you that shout out to uh, somebody that truly loves wrestling in Chris that that knows Lillian Garcia. Um, definitely wanted to give you a shout out for that, Dom. Um, but all right, let's get into some horror movie news. Um, have you guys ever watched, uh, Chris, have you watched Hannibal with Mads Mikkelsen? The, uh, the actual TV series? Yeah. Yes, I did. Well, I watched it when it was on TV, and I think what they rebooted it for Netflix, right? Uh, 
No, I, I don't. Did they? Did they, Dom? I don't think they did. Because he's he's talking about here um, that he would love to see it wrap up. If Brian Fuller knew that uh, that was the last one, he would have wrapped it up differently. We could easily skip the story to four years later. Um, but uh, Mads wants a fourth season to properly wrap things up. I only got midway through the first season, so I actually haven't. Uh, gotten that much into it. I'm actually thinking about maybe starting it, uh, getting back into it tonight. Um, but Chris, I mean, you being the one who have, who's seen it, how true is it to the story of, of Hannibal? Uh, and would you be interested in them bringing it back to properly finish it? So I would need to watch the third season. I haven't watched the third season, but oh, okay, the, okay, the, the first two seasons I really enjoyed. I think it's very true to the character. And it's mostly about... Uh, the detective, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I watched it. As per most Hannibal uh, lore, it's always the detective. It's more so about than anything. But um, that first season's got some really, really great moments in it. One where they find out this guy is killing bodies and planting uh, planting them in a garden, <laughs> so the plants grow over top of it, kind of like those body decomposition gardens uh, yeah. that they have that you can donate. You know, if you donate your body to science, you can have that done but that was like one really cool scene that i remember from the first season but we're talking god that came out almost 10 years ago yeah so yeah so it's been a while since i've thought about it honestly but uh, i remember enjoying it and thinking it was very very dark for like an nbc show so i didn't think it was gonna stick around yeah nbc had this run of shows that were kind of like this uh they even did a show with the guy from um Dylan, it's Dylan something, uh, where it was like a psychedelic show where it was like um, when people were doing like acid and stuff. And I was like, oh, this show seems interesting. And then like three episodes in, NBC was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and cancel this. It was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? Why? Um, but I really did think Hannibal uh, was a show that shouldn't have ever been pitched to NBC. Um, it's just really hard because the thing about shows like that that are more closer to R than anything else is that you got to find the right day to put it. And once you find the day, the time slot has to be as late as possible. So, you know, no parents have to worry about like their kid turning on the TV and coming across it. That hurts your ratings because you know how many adults on a Thursday night at like 10 o'clock are in bed with their eyes being rolled to the back of their heads, going to sleep. I don't know. Watch this shit, man. (laughs) Um, so it's like, it it always, it's better for shows like that to be Netflix exclusives, Hulu, stuff like that, where you could slap an MA on it or, or whatever, and, um, just put it out whenever. And, you know, your, your backing is, Hey, MA is on there. If your kid watched it, that's on you. Um, but I did watch most of the first season and I, I loved it. I don't know why I kind of fell out of it, uh, as far as keeping up with it. But um, I, I truly did think it was a really well done show. Dom, you uh, you checked it out? No, I haven't seen it. I remember when they uh, talked about it, and I, I've seen little clips. I've always thought that Madge was a, always a kind of a creepy, great actor. <laughs> so he's perfect for that role. Something about that dude, I don't know. He he's, It could be a comedy, and I'm going to be creeped out by that guy. <laughs> uh, so he, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a he's a good person for that role. But I I've wanted to watch it. I keep seeing it pop up recently on like 
Instagram ads and stuff. So maybe the universe is trying to tell me I need to watch it. Or, you know, Siri's been listening to everything I've been saying. <laughs> I I think like that show definitely it it fits the HBO vibe. Like I could almost see you doing a lineup where it's like that and True Detectives kind of back to back with how dark that show is for NBC. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you on that. Um, it, it did give that kind of feel, even though I've only somewhat got into True Detectives. So that's another thing um, that I have to get into. Um, but we got some more news here. Jason Blum says he would love to reboot the Friday the 13th franchise. I would like to revive uh, the franchise and I would like to make it in film form. I don't know what the hell that means. Um, Dom, I'll go to you. Do you know what the hell film form means? No, I, I would assume that now that they're doing this whole um, Blumhouse TV with Amazon and technically they're uh, films, but they're under the umbrella of Blumhouse TV. Uh, so they go straight to Prime. I would assume that when in film form, he means like a theatrical release instead of like VOD or streaming. Uh, that, that's my guess. Fair enough. But what are your thoughts on, first of all, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, Dom. Me and you have been saying this for about two or three years now. Blumhouse is literally the best outside of maybe A24. The best, um, what do you call it, uh, filming company in the business right now. Like, I don't tell me about Lionsgate, any of that other bull crap. It's Blumhouse and A24 that are leading Hollywood right now in, in films that actually are, are like, films are not relying on being an avenger or you know or batman or some shit like it's making really good movies um i can tell you right now jason blum could come out and say yo i want to make a batman movie and i would go do it yeah i want to make a pinocchio movie do it yeah i want to make a movie about your grandmother do it like he is legit the only guy in hollywood right now that i'm like write a blank check and let this man go to work and I guarantee you, he'll do something with Friday the 13th that will legit make us forget about every Friday the 13th movie we've ever seen. So from one Blumhouse uh, fanatic to another, how excited would you be if he were able to get this uh, Friday the 13th franchise? Because we know LeBron is supposed to be working on it. Um, his his uh, film company is supposed to be working on it. But how would you feel if Jason got it? I mean, I feel like if you're going to let anybody do it, it's got to be someone who's dedicated to the genre. And uh, I mean, if we all, you know, we, we saw, you know, uh, Invisible Man and what they could do with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as long as they were, they were able to, because he, he likes to work very quickly on a modest budget. And so, which means, uh, I believe, practical effects for something like that, which lends itself to looking a lot better to me when you see somebody like Greg Nicotero, who works on The Walking Dead, he, you know, his specialty is um, practical effects and they look so much better. Uh, so if they were able to, he was able to team up with someone like that and give us like a kind of a really gory, like over the top type of slasher film, in Friday the 13th, uh, I would be totally for it. Yeah, I mean, to me, I like what he does because it's so simplistic but very difficult. It's why everybody doesn't do it or, or can do it to that level. 
Um, but Chris, I want to ask you this a little differently. Um, I want to ask you, would you be more interested in Blumhouse taking franchises that maybe have seemed dead in the water for decades and revive them? Or would you rather Blumhouse just stick more to original content and continue to thrive off of that? I think it's a mixed bag. Uh, something like Friday the 13th has been touched by so many hands at this point. It's not going to hurt my feelings if, if, if someone else takes a shot at it. I mean, that franchise, I don't want to say it's dead, but if you think of everyone that's touched it over the years and some of the movies that have came out, uh, it can't be any worse. <laughs> that's That would be my take on that. That being said, I don't want him like just revamping every horror franchise. You know, like uh, I don't necessarily know that Bloomhouse needs to do also do like Friday the 13th and, you know, go down the route of this is going to be become our mainstay because the thing that they do so well is, like you said, uh, kind of coming up with original content and original storylines and story arcs. So I would prefer they stay, I don't want to say stay in their lane because that sounds kind of pissy, but uh, with something like Jason, it, it would be good to see a fresh take of it. My only question, I mean, I'll, I'll have a question for both of you guys, actually. Uh, one, who do you want to direct it? And two, are you starting from the very beginning? Is this Jason's mother? Or are you doing a mixture of the two, uh, Friday 13th, one and two? I'll let you go first, Dom. Uh, as far as directing, I, I, I kind of like... Um... First, because he's a little younger, I let Eli Roth take on his films because it's going to be very dark, but also a little bit of slapstick, uh, which is what you we kind of know of that franchise to be with uh, their classic tropes. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't know what you would actually. I mean, I guess you want to make it a little modern and maybe make it to where I can't remember if we mentioned on one of these shows or one of my buddies has said it, but, you know, <laughs> make it to where it's modern, to where Crystal Lake has been gentrified, and he awakes, and everything is completely different, and then you have this murderous rampage in this, like, new upscale community that has been built on top of Crystal Lake, and nobody knew the past of what happened there, something along those lines, so I think you could do, like, a whole new take and kind of make it modern, but still have those classic callbacks that we know and love. Yeah, I would say I'm always game for like what, and Chris, I already know how you feel, but uh, what Rob Zombie decided to do with, with Halloween, how drastically different it was from what we've known Halloween to be. I'm always game for you to take projects like that and be that different. Um, so whatever the formula has been for Jason this entire time since he's been created, do something that is drastically different. Um, and if there's anybody that I can trust to be different and it work, it's the guy that took a franchise that had a guy literally invisible and wrapped in, 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 uh, in, in mummy wrap and take it and make it modern to where it was technology that did it, that's the guy that I want to take Jason Voorhees and, and make it modern, maybe a little bit like Don was saying, make it modern, but make it so different 
Um, so, I mean, that would be what I would want if Jason were to take it. I don't know if LeBron still has it, still has the rights to do it or what his plan is for it. But I'm going to tell you this now. It's tiring to see a trailer for Jason that starts with like these kids partying in the middle of nowhere. And then the one girl going off with her boyfriend, they're doing it. And then Jason kills them. Like you gotta, you gotta give me something else than that. Like you just, you have to, um, (laughs) because it's like, I've literally seen this. You can't just, that's why when, when they reboot final destination, it's like the kills aren't what makes it special. It's how uniquely different each kill is per movie. I remember in the first one where the the ladder fell down from the uh, the building right into the guy's eyes. I had never seen shit like that before, you know? And it's like, be different like that. So to me, it's just like, if you're Blumhouse, just be drastically different. I mean, you can't hurt a franchise that took the guy into space and killed chicks with sleeping bags. So it's like, you can't get worse. You can only get better. Um, so that would be my stance on that, Chris. Yeah, I almost would want them to go like a Batman route and just start with the prequel and build from there and maybe do a combination of the first two movies. As far as uh, I like the idea of it all being practical effects, like Greg Nicotero would be great if he would work on it. Or, uh, you know, you could get Tom Savini if you want to dial it back to the 80s. Both of those guys would be great to pull from. I know with the video game, one cool thing they did is they went back and got a lot of the original voice acting and bought a lot of the rights, which ended up hurting them after they lost the rights to the game. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to say the least. It, it would be really cool to see a different take. I love the idea of it being a modern setting, um, Dom. I think that's that would be an incredible way to do it. But if you're trying to reboot the entire series, it's almost like you need to create a new Jason or, or build off a new prequel slash origin story. Yeah. But that's why I'm saying if you do prequel, it's good to really go into the mythology of, of how he became who he was and then go into who he is. Um, but I mean, it just, a lot of it has to be different for it to really stand out and for people to really go, this is it. Like this, this is that feel. But I mean, Chris, I'm not going to argue with you on the idea of like, we don't need to see Blumhouse take everything that hasn't worked and, and make it work. But I will tell you this. If he could take uh, Friday the 13th and make it really good, I would then go, nothing's off the table. <laughs> give him Leprechaun. Give him <laughs> give him everything and let him make it. Um, but I, I think what makes him special is that he's able to, to dabble uh, in original content and stuff we've seen before and make them both great. So it's not like he's only good at original content or he's only good at taking what we've seen before. He can, he can mix up the bag and come out and give us something that we've never really seen before, whether it's original or characters we've seen before. I, I do love the idea of him saying, I want this to be a film because we have so many TV series like Bly Manor and the Scream series on MTV and American Horror Story. There is a lot of people leaning more into that. And Friday the 13th kind of could lend itself to that. So I'm glad that he's actually coming out and saying, hey, I actually want to make a movie movie. Yeah, I mean, but that lets you you know what I've learned, Chris, and I kind of learned this from like Dom, really. But like, 
when you hear directors talk about movies, it's certain things that they say that let you know where the passion is. And it's not really just like a check or a building block. Like, he really takes it movie by movie and gives it his all um, in, in producing these movies to where you're kind of just like, this is so good. Like, something as simple as, Dom, what was that horror movie uh, where they were on, like, this island and it was taking, like, their their guilty pleasures or something? Oh, like Fantasy that? Island? Yes. That is a movie that 15, 10, 15 years ago, when that trailer came out, I would have legit went, that's fucking stupid. I'll never see that in my life. But with Blumhouse doing it, it's kind of like, I'm going to watch it. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. So, you know, he kind of gives this new feeling to horror that it doesn't always feel like a trope to where it's like, oh, he's doing what I've seen a million times before. Um, Because there's actually a show on Netflix called The Island. um, And it's somewhat like that. And it's God awful. (laughs) So it's like people can take things like that and make it bad. And I've seen it bad. But I'm not. Let's move on. Jordan Peele is set to produce a remake of The People Under the Stairs for Universal. Chris, I'll go to you first. I've never heard of this. Uh, are you familiar with this project from Wes Craven? Oh, uh, it's been so very long since I saw it. I mean, we're talking, I was probably like 10 or 11. Um, I remember liking it. It's kind of surprising that this is something they're going to reboot. I'm, I'm assuming that he has a really original take on the idea. Yeah, I mean, I look at Jordan Peele and I kind of go, his especially um, Lovecraft Country to where I'm just like, it should be illegal for Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams to work together again. Like, that's just too much goodness in in one. Um, But what screams to me, Chris, is it's a Wes Craven project. So to me, I kind of go, no way Jordan Peele takes this and doesn't do his due diligence, doesn't make sure he's living up to everything Wes Craven um, uh, created with this, but I've never heard of this this movie before. Um, and I like when directors take something that maybe came out 30, 40 years ago and try to redo it purely because it lends more awareness to the original. Um, you, know, you know how many people probably didn't see um, Karate Kid, but when Cobra Kai came out, they were like, this is great. And then some, like their parents somewhere was like, well, you should see where it came from, you know? So I'm like, sometimes it's good to kind of go back and, and tackle things that have been done before because um, it kind of lends more awareness to the original that kids nowadays probably wouldn't check on the, uh, for themselves. Yeah, and, and from what I remember from the movie, it's this guy's basically getting evicted from his house by these landlords and they go by the names Mommy and Daddy as opposed to their landlord names. And they pretty much have cannibal children. <laughs> so that's kind of the setup for the, as far as the horror characters or your protagonist or antagonist, I should say. Um, I'm assuming that that he's got some really fresh ideas yeah. for this. And it's going to be interesting to see who gets casted, honestly. Yeah, and just just ultimately seeing how it differs from what we know and i'll definitely do my due diligence and go back and 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 watch the original just to kind of see where you know where that went and then where he plans to go um but dom your your thoughts on this man were you familiar with this movie 
I've, I've always remembered the title. I'm looking at like some pictures. I don't necessarily remember seeing it, but reading the synopsis, it sounds wild and it sounds like some <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Peele could really, um, he has a good way of taking things and making them modern without feeling innately modern. Um, and yeah, he could he could do a lot because this part says he discovers a disturbing uh, scenario where incestuous adult siblings had mutilated a number of boys and kept them in prison under their stairs in their large creepy house. Yep, Jordan Peele. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right. Um, director John Ridley has been hired to direct an upcoming film for Blumhouse, which will be based on Project Poltergeist. The film is based on the true haunting events in a public housing project. Again, Chris, I'll go to you first. Something I've never heard of. Uh, does any of this sound familiar to you? And how interested would you be in this uh, this project from John Ridley and Blumhouse? I think it's way cooler than just rebooting Poltergeist the film as a series, like taking it to a, a, a project and showing it. I mean, I, I'm assuming they're almost doing a Blair Witch thing with this what it sounds like so i don't know i'm that sounds awesome it, I, there's a lot of really cool stories you could tell from different perspectives you could almost do like individual stories within one movie if you wanted to so i'm I, i'm I, i'm very excited for that i hadn't heard the news about that but that sounds awesome i'm definitely down to watch that for sure dom your, your thoughts on this john ridley teaming up with blumhouse for project poltergeist yeah, that sounds very interesting. Cause and I and I had got an email um, about Blumhouse uh, doing four more movies with Amazon Prime for next year, and I don't know if that's one of them. I hope it is, because um, it doesn't have necessarily a release date. But um, no, like I don't think we don't we don't see very many you know horror films that take place you know, in the projects or the hood or anything of that sort. Um, and it might be because it's already scary enough uh, growing up in a situation like that. So to add a ghost or some kind of paranormal thing to it is uh, that much more terrifying. So, um, but, it, you know, if you live somewhere and like that, it, even though you may not completely enjoy living there, it is one of those kind of things where, oh, I see my surroundings on screen. So it's, makes that movie that much, you know, better uh, for me. And then I'm sure I was really doing it. You'll have some kind of uh, social context uh, for people who have never been uh, been to or lived in an area like that. So, uh, no, nah, that sounds very interesting. Absolutely. Bringing awareness is always good, especially when um, it can help shed some light on some stuff that uh, needs some light. Uh, I, 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 hope that, I hope that some of the awareness that they bring is how old some of these project housings are right. and how neglected they have been and tie that into the ghost stories because i mean there's years and years and years of tragedy in a lot of these places so as far as like uh something we've never seen before it is kind of a prime place to tell a ghost story or multiple ghost stories 100 percent, chris how how familiar are you with uh stranger things you all caught up on it i am yes there's three seasons right yeah okay yes i'm caught up 
I was making sure that something didn't get released and got buried behind hockey and wrestling like in the past <laughs> no, two weeks. No, not at all. Not at all. I was actually uh, Natalie Dwyer, um, who stars in the show, was saying uh, the wait for season four will be worth it. Um, so while I can't say a lot, except that it's going to be a while before it comes out, it will definitely be worth it. It's going to be really big. It's going to be big. I, I have the same feeling for this show that I had since last season, which is they're not young anymore. They're not adorable. Wrap this shit up, bro. Like, <laughs> like wrap this up. You know, I wish I had the guy from the, the Chappelle show. Wrap this up, B. Wrap this <laughs> shit up. Um, I'm just, it's, it's, they're not adorable anymore. You're kind of starting to do the same thing. Uh, Chris, do you kind of feel as though you're getting like, it's starting to wind down or do you think they have at least three or three more seasons that they could do with this show? I think they have like one or two seasons they could probably get away with doing. And it's realistically, it's more about, I mean, the ending itself kind of went fucking batshit from what I remember from season three, where this guy is now in the Soviet Russia. Right. Yep. So if they're building off of that, as opposed to just the upside down, in general, I mean, that could get very interesting if it's almost like an umbrella corporation type deal. Yeah, I always said I think this show would be best to end now and then just give us a prequel series about the creation of the Upside Down, uh, how that guy that was her quote-unquote dad came to be about, like the whole organization, stuff like that. Like, do that. Um, do that city, but very early on. Like, stuff like that is how you keep the Stranger Things name very fresh. Um, but if you continue these so-called kids that are, like, grown as hell now, um, it's just getting tiring. It, it really is. Um, and it's kind of like, just give me something else. Give me something new. But, Dom, do you feel any fatigue with the Stranger Things franchise right now? Um, I honestly wanted them to uh, go into more of uh, the other numbered kids that are now you know grown we got a glimpse of that you know what was she like number eight and she was with like a her little group and they were like basically just like anarchists uh, essentially um so yeah they should i, I want to know who the other ones are and what are their abilities and how did they die or did they run away like eight did or like how were they able to you know function after the fact and is the Stuff's still going. So, yeah, I'm kind of off the kids, like, themselves. Like, it's cool. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if they keep going for, like, a season or two, it's going to turn to, like, a teen romance, even though it kind of already was in, in some portions. But it's, it's going to eventually, like, uh, steer away from what we started like it for. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm just surprised that, it didn't get canceled like everything else. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't really argue that. I was really shocked that it didn't. It didn't either. When they canceled, uh, I'm not okay with this. And Sabrina and I was like, damn. So they still got Stranger Things. Like, why they? I kind of like those two shows better, but you know. <laughs> yo, Dom. Okay, yo, that could be one of our hot takes. <laughs> I'm not okay with this, and um, Sabrina are way better than Stranger Things. I feel like it's not even close. Um, and I'll even I'll even side with you on the idea of I always wondered she's 11, right? Like that that's her you know that's her categorical number 
for where she comes in at. But it's like, if that's 11, you really have gone three seasons and have not mentioned the other 10. Like, even if they're dead, it's like, just say that. So we're like, okay, you know, they, they all died or whatever. But like, what? And then even after her, you're telling me then keep trying to create more. So it's like, where's 12, you know? So I don't know. There was just some questions to it that I'm just kind of like, they're focusing too much on these kids and not really the whole scope of it. But then again, if you end this, you could, you know, do a prequel that does focus on more stuff like that. Right. I think you have a lot of opportunities to get into the backstory of the rest of them. Uh, it, now that the main character, the main protagonist, the sheriff is in Russia, right? That's how it kind of left off. So there's a lot of stories you could tell, like maybe it all started there. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not done with it yet. It just depends on what direction they're going in. And also, I, I think I have a little bit of fatigue just from the 80s retro vibe <laughs> af- after watching it for two seasons or three seasons. And then also American Horror Story basically doing an 80s throwback as well. So it'd be cool if maybe they just fast forward like five years and they're in the 90s. Like, why not? I would agree. I would always say I thought Stranger Things would really thrive off of being like what I, I said Assassin's Creed should do going to Netflix. Each season should be a different timeline. And if you do it that way, it just keeps it fresh because it, we, it doesn't feel stale ever. You're getting something new always. And I don't think there'd ever be anything wrong with there being a different cast for each season. Like, people really overvalue having one cast for 13 seasons it does sometimes get really boring so to me it's like spice it up have it be season one it was them season two it was a different town with a different cast of kids but in a different era um and you just keep moving around like that i I don't know i just really think that'd be really it'd be better to do that honestly uh if they were smart oh go ahead Yeah, I was going to say, I tend to agree with you because if you look at shows like Skins where they switched the cast, it didn't hurt them at all. No, not at all. So there's no reason you can't switch the cast and tell different stories, especially based around the other 10 children. I mean, we got eight, but outside of that. And that's why I was saying with my example of Assassin's Creed, like season one legit should be about whoever the main assassin was for the first game. Season two should be about a different assassin. Season three... Like, keep switching assassins. I don't need one story of one assassin for eight seasons. You know how boring that shit would be? The game didn't even do that. So it's like if the game realized how boring that is, then you should and get creative, get fresh. Uh, But, Dan, you all caught up with uh, Stranger Things? Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm being attacked right now. (laughs) <laughs> so i'm sorry i just got home they're very excited to see me um sorry but uh stranger things yes i am all caught up with stranger things so uh, we, were, we were just talking about um uh natalie dwyer one of the stars uh, of the show was saying how it'll be a while before we get it uh but when we get it it's gonna be huge and we were all kind of saying how like it maybe has a few seasons left i personally think this should be the last season and then if you want to continue the story of Stranger Things, have a prequel, um, you know, with the history of how everything really began. Um, but what are your thoughts on Stranger Things? Do you think it's kind of reaching its end or do you think it could go on a few more seasons? 
Yeah, I, I think it should end relatively soon. I, it really centered around the kids and it had that special feeling where, uh, you know, it, it, it was basically a coming of age story. And now the kids have kind of come of age, you know, they're teenagers now. And, right. Uh, it it kind of loses its luster. Like, all right, it, it's it's magical and wonderful when they're 10 and 11. Now they're like 16 and like, all right, it, you know, I don't really care about you. You're, you guys are like dicks now. Right. Uh, it, and no one likes 16 year olds. They, they suck. They um, really do. I thought back to when I was 16 and I was just like, I must have been just the worst. <laughs> oh, I, I know for sure I was. I, I was terrible. Uh, but it's to me, how much more can you go off of, uh, uh, you know, what's your name? Winona Ryder's character being crazy. Like, oh, you know, you're just imagining it. It's been three seasons. I think we can all kind of give her the benefit of the doubt now. <laughs> uh, but if they kind of venture away from Will, because he always gets the brunt of it. Uh, I don't know. I, I think you give it one more season. We already know that Hopper's back. And that's, to me, that's always kind of a cop out when you lose someone that big and then they bring them back immediately. Like, all right, I, I, I know he's, David Harbour's a big, uh, a big star for that show and a lot of people like his character, but, you know, it feels like there's no stakes anymore. But um, yeah, I think it's one more season at most. Can, can I speak to that? Because I think that is something that is overvalued in Hollywood, which is stakes uh, when it comes to movies and shows. To me, I think stakes are, are, to me, I think not everything needs it. Like, you watch Endgame, right? And if no one died, it would have been like, it's the Endgame of what? Like, what is, what is, what are we supposed to be ending here? So that right. needed stakes. But last season of Stranger Things, yeah, I didn't need Hopper to die. You could have found so many different ways to convey that very last sequence in a different way. Especially if, in your mind, you creating the show, you're like, oh, no, no, no we're just going to bring him right back. Right. What, what was the whole point of any of that? Like, sure, in the moment, we didn't know that. Um, but once we saw it, it was just kind of like, well, that's not a sacrifice if he didn't really die. I mean, yes, truly, he did sacrifice himself up, but um, you just didn't really need it, in my opinion. Well, I mean, and, my, and my assumption is that's where the next season is going is that it's going to be based in a lot of it will be based in Russia and play off the cold war fear between America and Russia. Yeah, no, sure. I'm fine with that. Just give me something new, less of the kids, more of that. <laughs> and I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be okay. Um, but all right, I want to talk about something that I originally really shat on like a lot, but I went back and watched it and it's not that bad. And that is the Meg. Now that we know that the Meg has found its director, um, filmmaker Ben Wheatley, for its sequel, Jason Statham being uh, rumored to return, I'll say this. I was never a huge fan of Jaws. I wasn't. I always thought the best shark movie was Deep Blue Sea. To be honest, it's probably more so my age than it is the quality of the movies. I'll admit that. Um, but the Meg was doing something drastically different than any shark movie. And I just thought the cheesiness of the, of the movie is what made it so bad. But I went back with fresh eyes and watched it on, on uh, HBO Max at, at, or 
HBO Go before it became HBO Max. Either or. It wasn't that bad. It was stupid at points, but it was not that bad. Uh, Dan, have you seen uh, The Meg? I have. I've seen it multiple times because my wife loves that movie. And <laughs> she loves it unironically as well, which is mind-blowing. Um, yeah, she was very, when I told her that news, she, she like, oh, really? I, I told you. That's how good it was. You know, I think they proved her right. My goodness. Um, I enjoyed, I took it for what it was, something that's not to be taken seriously. But I think that movie probably would have been a little better if it were rated R and you upped the body count by like a hundred times what they, they did. You have a giant shark and I think it eats like two or three people. It, yeah. It, you got to have that thing eat at least 100 people. Yeah. No, look, I, I'm with you. I, I'll say this. I'll say to me, not everything needs to be overly comical. Um, like if you guys notice, there's a lot of movies that are like The Meg that'll have someone serious like Jason Statham. And then it'll have like a, co- a comedic guy in there. And it's just like, well, he's clearly going to die for sure. But like, you don't need that. If this movie kind of took itself a little bit more seriously, I think I could have put it up there with some of the better shark movies. Um, but it, you, you, you came out with a great concept and then you just didn't flesh it out properly, I think, in my opinion. I still to this day think Deep Blue Sea is the best shark movie. Like the Meg didn't even come anywhere close. Um, I will say, out of all shark movies, it has the best death. I, I don't think a shark's ever killed anybody like they killed Samuel L. Jackson. I didn't even know sharks were that that uh, athletic. Like that was... <laughs> I, I, I would have to debate that Jaws is still a thousand times better than Deep Blue Sea, and I love Deep Blue Sea. But the best death scene from a shark movie is Jaws dying. Mm, okay, all right, okay, okay. I'll say this. Okay, Chris, you know what my biggest issue of Jaws is? I compare Jaws to all of the Lord of the Rings. It's literally guys on the boat, the shark surrounding them, and then finally facing off against the, the, the guys. Like, at least in Deep Blue Sea, you get to it immediately. It's like, boom, fighting sharks, sharks killing people. Um, and I think that's what I'm more interested in, the action of the sharks, not really the story of the sharks, and I think that's why I just prefer Deep Blue Sea. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to co- come out and say it's a better movie. I just I just like it more. Um, and like I said, it had very athletic sharks. Um, they literally jumped up to, <laughs> to eat Samuel Jackson the way that they did. Um, they were like the LeBron of sharks. Like, that was really interesting to see that. Um, I, I guess it's just the take if you, if you I mean, at the end of the day, a shark can only hurt you in water <laughs> unless they're mutant <laughs> sharks for the most part. So that the great thing about Jaws is it plays off of the Moby Dick kind of aspect with the captain of the ship and, and kind of the tension that builds between the interaction um, with the great white itself or Jaws. So I think that's what makes that movie great to me. And the death scene in the movie where they finally kill Jaws and fucking he explodes into like a bazillion pieces. It's incredible. I won't really argue that. But Chris, before I pass it to Dom, excuse me, your thoughts on uh, the Meg getting a sequel? 
uh, I expected it, and I didn't like the movie, but uh, it it seems like enough people liked it, and it it was easy enough to do with CGI and, and the way they handled it that it deserves a sequel. Did you at least think it was creative, the concept of creating this massive shark? I mean, it plays off the concept of the Megalodon in general, right? So if you've ever watched Shark Week, for everyone that tunes into Shark Week, it's kind of the perfect movie <laughs> to feed that. Um, I don't know. I mean, at the same point, isn't Jaws Megalodon to some extent, since he's the hugest white shark? I, I don't It's the same thing. I, I just have, I'm just weary of any kind of shark movies just because of sci-fi driving them into the ground with like Sharknados and <laughs> Jersey Shore Shark Attack and I'm sure a bazillion others. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's more of where I stand. I mean, if you want to do something cool, like do, do a movie about Cthulhu or... <laughs> get really into like some hp lovecraft kind of sea monsters yeah i would say for sharks sharks literally i think if you want to make a shark movie everyone should get together right and agree that shark movies should take as much of a gap as star wars did you guys remember all the talk when force awakens was being made and it was like holy shit they're doing something else it's been forever if you did that with with shark movies and that very first shark movie when you come back is like so freaking mind-blowingly good. People won't feel the oversaturation as much as they do now because none of these movies are good. So it's like you're oversaturating me with bad. At least if it were good, I could stomach it. That's legit what we live in in these superhero movies. It is an oversaturation of it, but they're good. Like you find the bad here and there. But major majority of it is good. So people, they can tolerate it a lot more. But the fact that, like you said, you have a Sharknado 37 is like, all right, well, this is where it's like, I hate shark movies now. Uh, and, and like I said, I would, if they wanted to reboot something, reboot Anaconda or something. Like, yes. just give me a different kind of monster yes. outside of just a shark. Yes, Anaconda is, I love that movie so much. Um, I definitely want them to. I legit went into a whole studying of the anaconda. Uh, I thought the movie was being dramatic when it was like, no, uh, it, it crushes your bones and then swallows you and spits you out like in a few days. I was like, that's such a Hollywood thing to do. And I Googled it and I was like, oh my, I didn't eat for like four weeks. Like after I Googled that, I was like, oh my God, that's real. They really do that. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Chris. Take anaconda. You know what? Blumhouse. There you go. Take anaconda. Um, <laughs> but Dom, um, real quick, yeah, because uh, someone mentioned Cthulhu. Uh, did anyone see that movie Underwater? No, uh, there's a Cthulhu creature in that with uh, uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh, oh, yes, my wife Jessica Henwick is in that. Yes, I didn't yes. check it out, I didn't yes. check it out because it looked stupid, but was it good? No, it wasn't very good at all. But, uh, <laughs> that came out in January, I think. That's that's how sad this year has been. It's like, oh, that's one of the like better movies that I saw. Yep. I always say this this year's been so sad. The last movie a lot of people saw was Bloodshot. Like that's that's <laughs> that's the year we, we live in. Like that's the last movie majority of people saw. Yeah, not great. Not but I mean the the monster in that looks pretty cool and I, it's it looks like Cthulhu, so I mean if you're up for that then 
go maybe go check it out. You might be happy with it. Well, like I said, I'm a huge fan of all the Leprechaun movies, so my my meter of good and bad <laughs> is really kind of skewed. It's all over the place. <laughs> so I'll definitely check that out. If I could, if I could sit through the Meg, where my body wanted to fall asleep so much, um, but if I could sit through that, I, I could sit through that for sure. Um, but Dom, the Meg, you excited for for part two? Uh, I can't say that I'm excited, but I'm with uh, I'm with Dan. Is is if you're gonna do a movie like that, you gotta have a high number of kills. You know, we saw like Piranha, high kills, kill everybody. Everybody's got to go. You have this giant, like, I don't think people realize, like, when we're watching a movie like this, like, you're in the ocean. That is not our territory. You know, we this is this is the giant, the biggest shark you've ever, you know, come across. And you survive? Get out of here. Like, it, we don't, I don't need to have a happy ending. Everybody can die. And I'll be like, man, that's, that's crazy. I'm never going in the ocean. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies when I watched it, I noticed that they just added a bunch of popular names. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's one of those movies. And then once I saw Paige Kennedy, which I love Paige Kennedy on social media, um, but <laughs> he's mad goofy in every role that he does, that even if it's supposed to be kind of serious. Um, so yeah, I, I watched it recently. Uh, it was on TBS or TNT or somewhere, somewhere one of those channels. And I was like, I guess. <laughs> so it's I don't I, I don't want to say that I like hate it because it's like oh it's kind of entertaining, but when you survive that, I don't believe you. Uh, just I think, I think what upset me the most about that movie is remember towards the end and spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen it, but towards the end where it was coming towards like everybody was in was in the water, like there were like a hundred people <laughs> in the water. And then, like, the shark is heading towards it, and you see it, and it's like, wait, hold on. No one's dying? Like, the shark didn't eat, like, at least 50 of them? Like, what What am I watching here? Like, what is this? But you make a great point. It's not our habitat. It's like if we went into a jungle, and the horror movie was about, like, a gorilla, like a killing gorilla, and you and everybody survives it. It's like, wait, what? We're not, that's not even where we're from. That's their that's their area of expertise. They should have at least killed like half of half of us. Frustrating, very frustrating. Um, but all right, let's move on. We uh we got some news that um. Well, actually, no. Let's get into Halloween Kills. You guys see the teaser trailer for that? Yeah. Yep. Chris, did you? Yes, sir. All right. Chris, I'll let you lead off here, man. Halloween Kills. First of all, really pisses me off they didn't give us a full trailer. Like, the movie's done. Why are you giving us a teaser for a movie that comes out next year? There's a full trailer, stupid idiots. But anyway, uh, Chris, your thought on the teaser trailer for Halloween Kills? Chris? Hey, can you... Sorry, I cut out there for a second. Can you hear me now? Yep, there you go. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, I the trailer itself didn't give us a whole lot, but I'm giving them a little bit of leeway because I liked that last Halloween film they put out. And um, I'm excited for it. It got me excited to see the full-length trailer <laughs> whenever that gets released. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was very little. Um, I will still say, man, 
that trailer really kind of vamped up uh, Michael Myers having the best theme song. Um, that that's for sure. But um, Dan, I'll go to you. Your thoughts on the teaser for Halloween Kills? Um, I liked the last one. I thought that was a pretty cool. Uh, you know, it went back to the basics. Didn't do anything crazy. Uh, just Michael Myers going after his, you know, his sister. Uh, I don't know how he escapes the ending, but that's cool. I was actually talking about it with a coworker today. We watched the teaser because uh, she hadn't seen it. So she, she broke it down pretty easily. I was like, oh, I get what it's about. He's back. That's and that's it. So yeah, when you break it down, it's yeah, Michael's back and uh, uh, who who's directing it? Uh, David Gordon Green. Yeah. 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 I, he tweeted about it. I think you guys mentioned it that uh, it's going to be ten times bloodier and it's going to be off the rails and it's yeah, that's that's cool. So you got to deliver that. Uh, the teaser it, it piqued my interest and. It's cool. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a fun movie if we ever have movies ever again. <laughs> that is the biggest question. But I think uh, Dom, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he even compared it to uh, uh, Empire um, in in Star Wars. Um, he compared it to that, and it's like, well, be careful comparing it to that because <laughs> if I remember correctly, the bad guys won in that one. Um, so it's like. What are you telling us to expect in this movie if you're comparing it to that? But Dom, your thoughts on the uh, the teaser? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I like everybody else. I, I like the last one. Um, and my thing was with that last one, like Dan was saying, like at the end, I was like, for one, I was in the like, look, he's on fire, he's stuck in this, shoot him. You have a gun while he's standing there on fire looking at you, shoot him in the face. But movies don't work out that way. Um, it it, it also it also doesn't kill him as Loomis found out. So, right, right. It's not... uh, but no, I mean I'm excited for it. Uh, I don't. When he says it's gonna be twice the, I don't think so because the last Rob Zombie movie had a very limited release because it was so gory. So if it's not to that level. Uh, or if you're having a wide release, it's not going to be as gory as he says it is. Um, so that that remains to be seen. Uh, and maybe because the name is a lot bigger, maybe they're able to get away with more and still release it. But that Rob Zombie movie, the, I think it was Three from Hell. Um, so if you can get somewhere close to that, then cool, uh, because it is a slasher film, and that's what I'm, I'm watching it for. Um, but it does look kind of reminiscent of uh, the original Halloween too, if I'm not mistaken, like where it took a lot, a lot of it took place in like the hospital and yeah. Uh, uh, so it does look kind of similar. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do since we they um, retconned everything from the other movie. So uh, it is kind of exciting to kind of see them be able to go in a different direction uh, than the original. So yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I never, I I didn't see the um the the one before this one. Uh, I don't know why I've been dragging my feet uh, with it, but I'll check it out at some point. I think my I think I told myself, obviously before all this COVID started, that I would watch it right before this new one came out. Um, you know, to kind of watch it back to back. 
but now that this got put off to next year, it's my excuse to not rush to see the last one. Um, but all right, we got a few more things that we can get out of here, guys. Chris, did you want to add anything? Yeah, just real quick as a follow-up, I think the if you're going to do this and say it's like Empire and call it Halloween Kills, Lori has to die. I would agree. I would agree. And, and I would agree to the point to where it's like, if you want to continue this going forward, if she dies, his motivation has to be um, uh, refocused. Like, it has to be pointed towards someone else. Um, but even if it isn't, and the next one is the last one, and it's just like, I want to kill everybody in town. It, it, that's why I'm saying, be careful when you compare it to Empire. I think, I think a lot of people, when they're like, oh, that's great. I think people forget the bad guys won in Empire. <laughs> so it's like, like you said, Chris, the stakes now have to be astronomical. And you have to do the one thing he's been looking to do for 157 movies. And that's killed this one woman. <laughs> I think so I'm like she probably has to go. I, I think you need that. You can't keep having Michael die. Someone, you know, somewhere, some at one point is going to lose. You know, you're right. And Michael gonna, made it clear it's not going to be him. Right, Lori's <laughs> going to trip or something, and not everything's going to go to the. Not everything's going to go her way. I'd imagine. I do always find it funny, and and I know I'm overthinking here. But I do find it funny that there's been numerous movies with Michael killing in this one town and no one ever finds the need to get like the next town over his police department, like all the government or something. It's just like, no, we'll take care of it. And then like <laughs> Michael kills like the police chief and like no one ever says we probably need more help than this. Like we're not enough. But there, I mean, there's there's no stopping Michael. He's evil. Evils no. come to your little town. No, you know, I, 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 that's... At least, at least just say, like, hey, we probably can't handle this ourselves. <laughs> like, I, I, they need to have a Trump character and bring in, like, the National fucking Guard or something. <laughs> just have him go ape shit. No, they actually should just bring in Trump and just have it be Trump versus Michael Myers. Like, that's that's the next person Michael... It's funny you say that, because I, I, I want to watch the last debate on Hulu, and then they had the picture of Trump and Biden's faces, and they look, no shit, like the human forms of Malcolm Myers versus Freddy Krueger. It looked crazy. <laughs> that would be... Now, if you wanted to take Michael Myers into comedy, that would be hilarious. Um, where it's him versus Trump, and it's like <laughs> winner takes all, but it, it's kind of like Alien versus Predator. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Um, all right, so we got a few, we got one or two more, and we can get out of here. Tim Burton is setting his sights on the Adams family, looking to develop a new series focused on the famous clan with Smallville's Alfred Goy, uh, and Miles Millar to set, uh, uh to, to be uh, the showrunners. I don't know why those S's were just throwing me off. Um, Dan, I'll start with you. How excited would you be to have Tim Burton take on the Adams family? It's cool. I mean, I think he has the right pedigree to tackle that type of uh, family. It's just, I think we, we already got a animated reimagining of the Adams fam family. I think late last year it came out. Yeah. Uh, the, the right, the animated version. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to breathe a little bit. I don't know what the the excitement for the Adams family is all of a sudden. 
uh, I don't think you'll ever top Raul Julia. And um, I don't know. Angelica Houston was awesome. And to me, that is the Adams family. I don't know what they plan on doing, but you know, I, I, I would be interested because I still like his ideas and his style of filmmaking is pretty cool. If it, unless it's like Alice in Wonderland, then I, you know, sure. it should be in hell. Um, yeah did he say what he wants to do animated or live action i don't know i i think it's live action because they're doing an animated uh they already have an animated movie that they're working on a a sequel to if the sequel didn't already come out um so i think his will probably be more so lending to uh live action gotcha yeah i think that would be better Uh, i didn't know if he was going to try the whole claymation stop animation uh type because that would be cool too uh (laughs) I just, I actually, my wife and I just watched the Adams Family, uh, the original Adams Family movie, and it, that was a lot of fun. It's you don't, you don't have that anymore, really. Um, and we just watched Nightmare Before Christmas, so maybe it was fate. I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna lie and say that I think it's a bad idea. I would see it. Yeah, I always say I put the original Adams Family in the same bubble as Beetlejuice. So where it's just like, it's something that unless you want to do like an animated version of it, you just don't ever really touch. It's just like, it's it, why? Like, why, why would you want to try to touch that? Um, so that's always how I felt. But Tim Burton, like, all right. So I've learned my lesson on saying things are untouchable when there was a rumor like three or four oh. years ago that um, uh, Martin Scorsese wanted to take Leonardo DiCaprio and make a prequel to Godfather where Leo was playing uh, Don Corleone. And I remember when I first heard that, my first instinct was, why? That's so stupid. And then the more I looked at Leonardo DiCaprio, the more I was like, I would love that. I would love Leonardo DiCaprio as a younger Don Corleone. Um, I mean, yeah, except for the fact they did that in Godfather 2. Like, right. it already has a fucking exactly. prequel. Exactly. So, um, but, you know, to me, once I felt that, I was just like, maybe things aren't as untouchable as I really felt they were before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, like you were saying at, at first, Tim Burton taking on Adam's family is different, I feel, than if they had said anyone else was trying to take on um, this weird, dysfunctional family. I feel like Tim Burton would get it. If anybody, Tim Burton would. Um, but Dom, I'll go to you next. Your thoughts on Tim Burton wanting to take on the Adams family? Um, I'm not opposed to it. It's a, it's a, that's a tough thing to tackle. I don't know because I just watched it too recently and uh, I forgot how much I liked it as a kid. It's hard. It'd be, it's going to be really hard to uh, find that same chemistry that Christopher Lloyd and Raul Julia had together um, in the first one and in, in the second one, they're really good together. And how do you find a, a Wednesday Adams that's going to be as like, you know, deadpan and creepy as Christina Ricci. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard thing. It's been a hard thing to do. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely his aesthetic. Um, so that's definitely easy. Um, but what do you, what's through line? I mean, I guess you can really do anything you want to because the family is 
an existing family that lives a regular life. So I guess there's a, a number of storylines that he can do. So maybe you maybe you can't really mess it up. It's just that you have to make the characters as um, as close as timeless as uh, the originals were, uh, because you know they are a huge part of pop culture. I mean, I have a a Wednesday Adams pop over here. You know what I mean? So like. <laughs> I, it's it's it's, hard, it's gonna be a tough tackle, but I mean I guess if anyone's gonna be able to do that kind of dark humor, off kilter type of storyline, I mean he's a guy to do it. Yeah, I mean th- those are the hands you'd want it in if if they were to be in anyone's hands. Chris, your thoughts on uh, Tim Burton taking on Adam's family? I feel like it's kind of a cash grab, and they'll probably cast Johnny Depp and off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't argue well, with you. Yeah. I mean, I haven't liked anything he's done since I well, I kinda liked Coraline, but outside of that, everything he's done since Nightmare Before Christmas, I have not been a fan of. So <laughs> maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. This is my hot take. Save this as a hot take for the game show, I guess. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Our last topic here. Maybe I might squeeze in one more. Our last topic here. Universal is reportedly looking to cast Benedict Cumberbatch as Dracula in their Rhinefield uh, film, which will focus on Dracula's henchmen. Um, I'm going to say this again. I, I'm not looking forward to this purely because, even though seeing him and the Doctor Strange get up kind of preps you for how his Dracula would look in the long trench coat. Um, I'm still pissed that they won't take on from Dracula uh, Untold. I love that movie. I thought Luke Evans was perfect as Dracula. I thought that movie is very underrated. Um, and I would have preferred for them to continue on with his Dracula. But, alas, obviously I have no power in this. Um, but Dom, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Universal looking for Benedict as their Dracula in a film that's going to focus on his henchmen. So stupid. I mean, that I don't know if I like him for that, that role. I mean, I, I know that that actors hate being typecast, but that's just not the type of role I see him in. Uh, I, the, I've read the book Dracula a number of times, and I don't see him as that as that character. Um, I don't know. And, and, and his henchmen—I mean, he didn't really—he had women that he that he uses like henchmen. So I don't know. It's it's. Um, it's a, it's a, I feel like it's not gonna be a Dracula movie. It's gonna be a vampire movie, and it's not gonna be true to, to Dracula itself. So I don't know, man. Uh, I'm a big fan of like the classic horrors, like Frankenstein and Dracula, and they're easy to mess up, especially if you if you want to see what something similar to what you've read. Uh, and I don't think that they'll do that. So. I don't know. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't vote to make that a top priority to make. Yeah. All right. So my my mindset of it is, um, I look at this. If you're telling me the movie's focusing on his henchmen, I think that's just as idiotic as you trying to sell me. You're making a Spawn movie, but your focus is two cops and Spawn is in the background. Then it's not a fucking Spawn movie. So it's like like your casting of Dracula doesn't really matter to me if you're focusing on other characters and he's just he's the name in the background. I don't like that. I don't like that whatsoever. Why can't you just make a Dracula movie where um, 
you just give his henchmen a higher role than you would have in, in any other type of Dracula movie. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking too much into it, but I, I don't like the idea of you. Because to me, that's the ultimate cash grab of you going, I can't sell a movie about two cops, so I'll just put Spawn in it. So people go, oh, Spawn's in it, but then he's not really in the shit. It's just about two cops. Yeah, it's essentially going to be two guys or, or if a girl, whoever they do, some henchmen that are either A, under his mind control, or they want to be turned so bad that they'll do his bidding for him uh, to get the gift of being a vampire. But, I mean... I don't know. It's been done a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not really interested. Uh, just off of that description, but I'll see what they do going forward. Dan, your thoughts? I think they did something similar to this with Frankenstein, did they not? With uh, Daniel Radcliffe. I think so. Yeah, right, he, sounds familiar. He was an Igor or whatever. Yeah. That that movie sucked. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm. I have no interest in uh, Renfield. I don't. He's not an interesting character. He's. He's just a puppet, really. I mean, I. I agree. I think it's just going to be another. It's going to be just a another Dracula movie. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I think it's weird. It doesn't sound interesting at all to me right now. Uh, I mean, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's pretty excellent in anything he's doing but i just i don't see the the reason to have it be a a renfield driven movie right um yeah i i think that's about yeah i don't know what else to think about it honestly it's yeah i mean we don't have much more to go on but just from that little nugget it's like ugh, nah sounds yeah <laughs> I, I don't I, they're they're trying so desperately to get the Universal monster movies going again. Right. Uh, Wolfman wasn't very good. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of Dracula Untold. I I love that, and I love Benicio del Toro as um, Wolfman. Like I love those. If they started a universe off of those two, they would have been they would have been um, tracking very well to start bringing in other characters. Um, I just think they they dropped the ball after that because they couldn't really get get anything going. Then you casted Johnny Depp, Angelina Jolie, and then you dropped the ball with that monster universe because you screwed up with Tom Cruise mm-hmm. um, and the Mummy movie. So it's just that's what I'm saying. And and it's funny because before you came on, Dan, Chris was saying we don't need Blumhouse to continuously take all these old projects and try to make them work, but they just made it work with Invisible Man by making it modern they yeah. threw away the allure of the whole oh he's he's really invisible and they made it modern and it worked so when you see that that worked everyone immediately was like well jason why don't you take on dracula and take on frankenstein and take on all these projects if you can make it modern and make it as good as invisible man um i think blumhouse is the perfect place to make your monster universe i think universal needs to get over themselves um, you just screwed it up too much, like way too much. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was going to say how Invisible Man, I guess, maybe reignited the flames of uh, right. the the original Universal Monsters. I, I loved Invisible Man. I thought that was a really good movie, and I agree, making it 
modern instead of him being a doctor who drank a potion, uh, it resonates more because you're using the technology that we have. That like people have these things, and I guess that they saw that and like, oh, let you know, let's run with it. Um, so listen, is anything possible? Could this movie be awesome? Absolutely. Who who's saying? You know, what do we know? We're just some people doing a podcast. <laughs> we're we're not <laughs> professionals, but it's it just from uh, out of the gate, first glance, it seems iffy at best. Yeah, it seems seems really yucky. Uh, yeah. Chris, uh, are you are you with us or, or are you looking forward to this project? No, I'm 100 percent with you guys on this one. I'm it, to me, if you're going to do a Dracula storyline, the closest thing that has been good in a long time is a Castlevania animated series. Right. I think more telling it from the point of Trevor Belmont and the Belmont family is a more interesting story than heartbroken Dracula. But, like well, wow. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, but what works about Castlevania is it's not selling you that Dracula is the focus. It's letting you know that Belmont is the focus. And when you're selling me on that, I can then say whatever else you give me is, is par for the course. But when you're telling me, hey, it's like the focus is the henchman, but we can't just sell the henchman. So we're adding a big name to Dracula to kind of just be in the background to kind of lure you in. To me, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, unless the henchmen are fucking Castlevania characters, like if the henchman is, <laughs> if one of them's like the Grim Reaper and one of them is Frankenstein and one of them is Swamp Thing, if that's the henchman, if the henchmen are just like vampires, in, I mean, in the lore of Dracula, the, the only spawn he had was Alucard. Right. So... Is the movie about Alucard? Yeah, I mean that would be the <laughs> way you really truly get me interested. Is if it's about Alucard? Um, but yeah, there's, there's not much you can do with this story that would really kind of draw people in that are familiar with this story. There's just not enough meat to the bones of this. I I, um, I just think if you're gonna do a Universal movie, you do Swamp Thing. I think that's probably the cooler story to tell. Yeah, I think if you're Universal, I think where you're kind of a little nervous about doing Swamp Thing is if J.J. Abrams comes out with this um, uh, Justice League Dark and kind of revamps uh, their version of Swamp Thing um, and then you come out with yours, it's going to be really hard to top whatever J.J. does with his Swamp Thing. Um, so if you're Universal, be careful. And if anything, try to put yours out first. Uh, don't let J.J. get a head start on that. Get uh, get get Gilmore del Toro to do it, maybe. Gilmore del Toro. Yeah. Gilmore del Toro originally wanted to do a Justice League Dark movie with uh with Swamp Thing and Constantine and those guys. Um, I would say if you're Universal, that's not bad. Um, but again, you got to do it first. If JJ gets his out first, that a lot of people are just gonna say you're 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 copying, and if it's not good, you're copying poorly. Um, so just jump out there. Definitely jump out there. Um, all right, our very last topic. Patrick Wilson is coming back for Insidious. It said Insidious 6. Did I miss something? I thought there were two. I know. When the fuck did they get to six? I thought there was only three. I, I, thought, there, I thought there was one less. I, I didn't know that there were even three. I missed the third one, I guess. 
Um, I are they are they counting from all of the just appearances of the Darth Maul guy in other films? Hold on, I'm gonna look this up now because it's been bothering me this entire time when we posted this. It was like, wait, he's coming back for six. What the hell? Uh, Insidious. Because doesn't doesn't that monster show up in like Sinister and a few other films within that Will House? I think so. I Maybe he does though. Oh wait, no. Okay, so this is from Deadline. Insidious Five moving forward with Patrick Wilson making feature directorial debut. I don't even remember there being four. I thought there was one, okay, two. Ty Simpkins is coming back. I thought the third one had to do with like the lost key or something like that. That was yeah, that was the third one. So what the what the hell's number four (laughs) (laughs) it's never been released it's just it's sitting in that vault of all of prince's music that we'll never have that's wild last key was four so what was three was it just insidious three uh that would be my guess oh i remember that one hold on i'm gonna send it to you dan yeah i don't this was garbage. <laughs> That's why we don't remember it. It was that garbage. Hold on. This is this was Insidious Three that I just uh, it's loading out. I just sent to you. I sent it to the group chat for you guys too. Um, I don't remember that. Dan's in the group chat. Why did I just send it to you separately then the group chat? I'm special. Um, but yeah, I remember this one because I remember the trailer and I remember going, you'd have to be very different from the first two to get me to see it. And then I remember going, this is looking to be too much like, um, what was that movie where, uh, the, the wife was going crazy, paranormal activity. That's what it screamed. And I was like, oof, no, you will not get me. And then the last key seemed even worse than that. So yeah, I, correction, I haven't seen three or four (laughs) um so i mean i don't know ty ty simpkins is coming back um patrick wilson is directing this fifth one um so hopefully it's good uh i don't really have much more to say but patrick wilson really works in these in these horror movies um he's great in conjuring he was great in the first two insidious um it's really his world that like he's thriving in i don't know why he's so good in it but he's really good um dom i'll start off with you man uh insidious five you 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 excited for for this man um i only saw the first two uh i like i do like patrick wilson uh i think with him being in this realm uh he seems to like it because he you know he keeps signing back up um that he could be you know, possibly that next great uh, actor turned horror director type mind. Um, uh, so it'd be inter- it's gonna be interesting to see how it turns out. And if it, you know, with him and Jason Blum together, with the, if it ends up being better than all the rest of them, I mean, uh, sign me up for some more. But uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> franchise these long franchises are very hit and miss <laughs> for me. Especially like it's it's one thing if you have like if it's a slasher film you have this one guy who is hard to kill or always comes back but when it's more of a paranormal thing it's uh it's harder for me to like latch on to it um 
But I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll probably I'll try to watch these three and four, and then you know, and see what they're talking about, and you know, catch up with five, and hopefully, with him directing, it turns out um, better than the buzz that the other the last two didn't have because <laughs> I didn't see him. That's for sure. I always say with paranormal movies, especially when like you're trying to say, oh, this happened in 1940, and then now this next movie takes place in like 2000. I always say like, who the fuck is a realtor? That like, sees that people died in this house and goes, yeah, 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 we're just gonna keep selling this shit and getting more people to die. Like, stop, burn that house down and stop selling it. Like, what is wrong with you? Um, but Chris, I'll go to you. Uh, your thoughts on Insidious as a franchise, and then are you looking forward to Patrick Wilson's directorial debut at, uh, for Insidious Five? I'll probably check it out just because he's directing it, but I don't have any love for the franchise at all i think they gave us like really cool looking ghost and it never pays off that's what i gathered from that franchise also i'm just not a huge fan of these pg-13 ghost movies that we get so many of so i'm probably the wrong person to ask but uh i've seen the first two insidious films and i i mean they didn't blow my hair back or anything uh, I would be more excited about the Poltergeist movie you were talking about earlier. <laughs> Fair enough. I will say I thought the first one was very well done. Um, I, I really did. But again, I'm the guy that loves dead silence and apparently nobody else in America. Does, so <laughs> that, that's, that's me. Um, but Ken, your, your thoughts on directorial debut for Patrick Wilson for Insidious 5 and then your thoughts on the franchise. I, I like Patrick Wilson. I think he, I agree. I think this is his thing. It's his, you know, he's in the Insidious movies. He's in the Conjuring movies. And he does very a very good job in both of them. So I think he has, I think he's, I think he's going to do a good job. It's almost like Krasinski with uh, A Quiet Place, where you, you don't expect it to be like, oh, wow, you know, uh, Jim can direct. And um, yeah, I think he'll do a good job with this. Uh, I also agree. I think PG-13 ghost movies are kind of a, a, a letdown. I'd like to see, it doesn't have to be a hard R, but you know, give me some gore in it. I, I wanna see some stuff happen. Um, as, for the, as for the series itself, it lends itself to a plethora of ideas because there's how many demons and ghosts can you come up with and you have the, the Darth Maul looking dude who hasn't been uh, extrapolated on. So maybe delve a little bit more into his backstory. What's his deal? That would be a lot of fun. Uh, so I think there's promise, but do I think they're going to, come through with it probably not because that's just how this works fair enough I, 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 like I said I thought the first one was really good it, it, it's in my top 20 um, I, I was really 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 excited by how good that was um, but yeah just overall and to be completely honest with you guys paranormal is not my I, I don't mess with that shit I, I, I don't play with it um, I, I don't think it's funny like I remember one Halloween, a friend thought it was cool to bring a Ouija board over. I haven't talked to him since. I was 12. I'm 27 now. Uh, <laughs> so 
I just I don't I don't play with any of that. Um so that takes away a lot from me also. But um yeah. Um before we go, um they call this a movie has been on a roll with their horror movie um breakdowns. Shouts out to Dan and the team. Uh I've just went on a retweeting spree. Um so make sure you guys go check out the latest episode. What was the latest episode? Leatherface, right? Yes, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Yep. Make sure. Oh man, I remember that. That almost made me kiss myself watching. That. <laughs> um, that scared the shit out of me. But watching it now is just like, ha! I can laugh at you. Yeah, um, much, much tamer. <laughs> but uh, make sure you guys check that out. Dom has been on a roll interviewing the horror movie world. Shouts out to Dom for sure. What was the What was the most recent one, Dom? Uh, in that realm, uh, I think the last one was um, Curtis Hardner, and he directed um, it's on Shutter. It's called Spiral, uh, and it was really good. Um, and I was just recently, I actually have a couple more uh, reviews to drop. But like the last three, I was part of the Chicago International Film Festival last week, and. I don't know how they knew, but all the movies they uh, sent me were all horror movies. Um, <laughs> and if anyone's able to find a movie called The Columnist, it's a Dutch film. It's a horror comedy. Uh, it's one of the best movies I watched this year. So there were some really good ones. Make sure you guys check that out. Dom was flexing a little bit there with the, uh, <laughs> the film festival. I feel you, Dom. And uh, don't forget, Dom, I still ain't for, uh, forget that you interviewed my, uh, my, my wife. Don't, don't think <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, I'm so mad. Every time I see her, I'm like, that mother. <laughs> um, but uh, make sure you guys check out Dom's reviews. He has a, a, a few more coming. Make sure you check out, um, they call this a movie. And Chris, I did not forget about you. I did not forget about you. There's so much <laughs> wrestling going on. Uh, make sure you guys check out uh, Chris's wrestling podcast. And also, Gate the Throats is still happening, right? Even though isn't hockey over? Yeah, I mean, we have off-season news. We're also going to be doing some recaps of classic rivalries. And, and we, um, me and my good friend, uh, South, who runs Shotco, if you like horror films or horror trailers, we just did a grindhouse grind-out contest in Knoxville and won most likely to inspire protests with uh, Antifa, It Could Happen to You, which is in the group chat. So if you get a chance, look that up on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me, man. Make sure you guys check that all out. We um, just did Much Ado About Nothing podcast with Joel. Also just uh, reviewed the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian with Tia and Joel. Also check out Top Ten with Tia. Um, make sure you guys stay tuned. Uh, just because October is over does not mean our podcasts are over. We will be doing one. We talked about action movies. We talked about comedies. We talked about anime. Um, so we'll plot out what we want our next one to be for next week, but we, uh, we're not stopping guys. We love this podding. It's life. It's really all we can do in this crisis. Um, and make sure you guys vote if you have not and check out our content, but till next time, peace. Stupid.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.